Welcome to Diffuse Congruence. This is episode 40 of the American Muslim Experience. My name is Zaki Hassan, and joining me once again is my partner, Pervez Ahmed. Yes, welcome back. Uh, it's been a minute. Uh, it's been actually a few. Uh, how are you doing, Zaki? I'm, well, you know, you're making it sound like it was accidental. Actually, this is all planned. This was our summer hiatus. That's right. That's right. So, Le- nice like, you know, most most uh, TV productions, etc. You know, they have their their season, their fall season, right. and before the season premiere, which this is, uh, they have. You know, they they take a little break. They they reconnoiter. They catch their bearings. They what? <laughs> what was the one before the bearings? Reconnoiter. That's a word, isn't it? It might be. Um, you have a, you you typically have a better diction, a, a better vocabulary than I do. Um, Reconnoiter means make a military observation of a region. I see. Okay, so it's like a maybe reconnaissance meets something. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, we were you know we were assessing the lay of the land. There you, you go. Know? So it works. It fits. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does. Uh, but so but ap- it's good to be back. It is good to be back. It is good to be back. And uh, we apologize uh, for the listeners who've missed us, but uh, it is good no, to no, be No, 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 no. We, we don't apologize. This is the point. It was <laughs> all know, planned. I know. I know you got to miss us That's so that right. when we come right. back, it's right. more exciting. Yep, See? yep. So this is, the, uh, this is the first episode of the new season then. That's right. exactly right. Right, right. Okay. Now you're getting it. See, we should have worked this out. Before we off air, before See, we yeah, this is yeah. this is clearly it's a well-oiled machine that we're running here. <laughs> Very well-oiled machine. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so uh, we are back from a little bit of a summer break, and um, obviously when when it comes to Muslim events, etc., the, the the big thing that happened over the summer was was Isna, which it caps off the the um, summer season. That was over Labor Day weekend, and you just got back from there. Yes, I did. Uh, so I had a little bit of a hiatus, a hiatus as it were, from ISNA. So I, um, you know, from the 90s, mid-90s through uh, the mid-2000s, basically, there was a period of about 11 years, I think. Um, no, th- no, 12 years, to be exact, where I went almost every, I mean, where I went every single year, did not miss a year. And, well, okay, so, so I think... Yes. You know, we're, we're sort of taking as a given right. that people know what ISNA is. I mean, what is ISNA and what is the significance of the, the of the ISNA conference? Sure, sure. Uh, good point. So ISNA, of course, is the uh, Islamic Islamic Society of North America. We've had pr- past guests who've had affiliations with that organization. Um, I think ISNA itself sees itself as a as an umbrella organization over various communities and other um, other Muslim organizations. Uh, that that choose to participate uh, under the auspices or umbrella of ISNA, um, the sort of main what, what is it? The flagship sort of program that ISNA does is this annual convention that's been going on for 50 plus years now. Um, I forget. I think I want to say this was the 56th, but I could be wrong. But but anyway, it's been going on a lot longer than you and I have been. Uh, you and I have been here, Zeki. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you know, obviously, it's gone through its own evolutions and 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 progressions. Um, and so yeah, that uh, it, it it basically it provides an opportunity for Muslims from all over North America. In fact, pretty much the whole world, but certainly North America to sort of all. Uh, you know, call you know, come together in one location. Usually, just given geographic, uh, I think uh, uh, reasons, they typically do it in the Midwest. Um, and so, yeah, for the last vast number of years that I can remember, it's been predominantly in Chicago. Um, I think Chicago not only being a very big Midwestern city, uh, but is also um, you know, ISNA, I mean, sorry, Chicago itself has such a big Muslim community that they're guaranteed good attendance just from the local community. Yeah, I mean, I mean, from from 1994 to now. Yeah. Just about just every about. year it's been at Chicago. I mean, with some exceptions, it's, you know, it's gone to D- D.C. And, yeah. and Columbus, Ohio, et cetera. But I think generally speaking, the sense is that ISNA equals Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, I think I pretty much mentioned almost every city that it was in besides Chicago. Actually, it was one year of St. Louis, one year was uh, Detroit that you didn't mention. But yeah, pretty much it's been a Chicago phenomenon. Um, and as I said, I mean, I think just from a pure utilitarian point of view, you know, they are guaranteed a certain number just given the, you know, the community, the size of the community in Chicago. So... Yeah, um, you know, I've been going, like I said, so I had been going from 1993. It's interesting you mentioned 93. So I, 
from 1993 all the way to 2005. And then I missed pretty much a dozen. Okay. <laughs> so I went for 12 and then... I, so yeah. So this was, was was that by design? That no, you... it, it, it was just, I you know, finding the time to go, growing family, uh, you know, living not so near the Midwest anymore. Not that I ever... Sure. I mean, you know, I, I used to drive up from... I mean, we used to make road trips from Houston. Uh, but See, then, and I lived like down the street, you know, because <laughs> I, I grew up in Chicago. Yeah, of people, course. People would ask me, oh, are you going to Istana? And I would say, well, no, I'm not looking to get married. <laughs> wow. Now that's, that opens up a whole, yeah, whole can of worms there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, why, don't we, why don't we put a pin in that and come right back to it? Because it's interesting. <laughs> uh, I do want to, uh, yeah, I would like to touch on that. Um, I think one of the reasons Zucky does bring it up is because, you know, I think I wanted to sort of you know, reflect on, on my experiences having gone back after all these years. Um, so we'll, yeah, we'll, 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 t- we'll touch on uh, the matrimonial scene. We'll touch Cl- on club isna, quote, if you will. quote, unquote. I was going to put it in quotes, but okay, <laughs> you beat me to it. Quote, quote, unquote, club isna, but let's just <laughs> name it and tame it. Yeah, club isna it is. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so that, 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 that's been sort of my history with Isna. Uh, Isna has been a very formative part of my life. I mean, I'll be very honest, uh, you know, some of the most uh, sort of inspirational, uh, you know, sort of motivational uh, messaging, like, sorry, messages that I've heard growing up, and it really informed who I am, you know, came at, it, at the auspices of an Isna convention. So uh, not to mention the, oh, just hunt dozens and dozens and dozens of friendships that blossomed by way of meeting, uh, if not, you know, more frequently, or at least beginning the friendship at ISNA and then trying to meet more uh, throughout the year. But but at the very least, you had that annual touch point with just, as I said, you know, this group of friends. Um, and so going back like 12 years later, um, that part of it, um, I almost felt was hadn't changed at all. I mean, I met people that I haven't met in, you know, in, in, in 10 years or, or, or maybe even longer. Uh, and so that was certainly there. Um, and it was funny Friday night when I got there, Friday night was the first night I was there. In fact, I was on a, they had me speaking on an MSA panel. Um, and so I got done with my panel and I was just sort of hanging out in the hotel lobby, uh, which is for those who don't know, AKA Club Isna. So uh, I was there. And it was funny because I, I met with friends who I haven't seen in like a dozen years. And I was like, wow, isn't this hilarious? Like we meet back right here at Club Isna, you know, like 15 <laughs> years later, here we are, except with kids and family in tow, you know? So, right. um, but yeah, uh, it was, it was, so th- that part of it was great. The bazaar is always, you know, a bazaar, <laughs> sure. you know, uh, in the truest sense of the word, like you've just got hundreds of vendors that come out and set up shop and, you know, you can roam the bazaars. And so I did a lot of that. Um, and, uh, it, you know, that part of it was great. Um, I guess to me also, you know, I, I, I glanced at the program. I'll be really honest. I, I wasn't there to attend sessions and panels. Like I usually am. I mean, my my mo back in the '90s used to be, you know, as soon as as soon as back then, you know, there's no online. You know, they didn't send it online. They didn't. You didn't get a link. You know, a week before the program or a PDF that you could download. You right. pretty much got it when you showed up on Friday. And so, you know, me and the the few geeks that I handed, you know, hung out with, Isna geeks that we hung out with, would would go <laughs> and we would literally highlight the sessions we wanted to hit. I mean, we were, you know, that's, I, I, that's pretty geeky. It was very geeky. And I took, I like I said, I was one of the. So I was in that sort of cadre of of people who approached Isna as very much a a learning uh, as well as a social experience, but also very much a learning experience. So, so yeah, we would sit there and highlight, um, you know, highlight um, in the program, the sessions we wanted to hit. Not so much of that this year. <laughs> uh, I'll be honest. Uh, I did attend a couple of great panels. Um, you know, there was some really, uh, they, they did have a great lineup as they usually do, as this can usually draw the big names. Um, I just, I guess I, my, what I was sort of processing and trying to reflect on uh, unpack, if you will, uh, was, yeah. uh, was, well, is sort of like just that, just like the mass convention scene, like how conducive is it to actual and real conversations and dialogues and, 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 you know what, you know what I mean? Like an actual meaningful exchange of ideas, um, you know, right. or does Isna just, or should just, Isna just embrace that, which is, 
that which for whether they like it or not what it's most known for which is this massive like social event um and 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 clubista matrimonial scene like, right like, you know again name it and tame it right so I, I that's i'm still i'm i'm still i don't know i i'm still thinking about that i don't know i don't know if you have so any are, thoughts so are are you feeling that the convention has outlived its purpose right i think so i think and and not because of any fault of the convention itself mm-hmm. other than the fact that the convention hasn't evolved like you know what i mean like if you like again for me going back all these years later nothing has changed besides the lineup of speakers sure right i mean in in some ways in some cases it was almost like okay people who were mina speakers muslim youth of north america that's like the younger 13 to 16 sorry 13 to 18 crowd uh, and they have a separate uh, parallel sessions going on those MENA speakers who are often youth, like coming, you know, uh, in their teens or 20s are now prime time ISNA speakers, you know. Be, but besides that, besides the changing of the guard, as it were, or, or the names and obviously people changing within the organization of ISNA itself. But the idea of just, yeah, just this myriad of topics and, you know, issues that are presented um, and then the, the ISNA big panels being kind of, you know, again, I don't... I don't want to say this as a pejorative, but like cheerleading sessions, right? It's a lot of like, you know, it's a lot of, it's, it's, it's like a, you're at a massive pep rally, a right. lot of great feel good speeches. And maybe I've, obviously I've grown, right. As a person. So maybe I'm not, a, you know, the, I'm not the demographic anymore that responds to cheerleading sessions. Right. Um, so that I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm definitely acknowledge, uh, uh, you know, I'm willing to acknowledge that for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think so. So, so the so so sorry. Going back to your question, the convention hasn't progressed a lot in terms of like programming, other than like I said, the speakers and yeah, of course the topics. Uh, also, I think what's what ha- what has happened though in the last so many years is that you have like separate. You have other more like so. For example, if your if your intention is to go and learn, then you go to like a dean intensive or rehla or the alim program or you know there's right. so many. Yeah dozens of programs out there now that you can go for an, for an, for an intensive learning experience as opposed to you know the isna whereas i would argue certainly in the uh, even up into the early 90s isna was it man you know that's where you went for quote unquote knowledge right that's where you went for islamic knowledge muslim literacy now like i said you've got so many other conduit uh, you know conduits out there that that provide that um you know and that's all they do so that's kind of their you know their main focus and and what they're good at um but uh yeah i, I you know so yeah i don't know uh like uh, going back to your question i think uh, it's not it's not a fault of isna of itself but like i said i think that um you know there are other organizations out there um well i mean i think you know it isna is kind of sort of an, an analog venue in a digital world, if you mm, will, you know, mm. it's, it's, um, certainly, I mean, what it offered during its, its nineties prime. And that's, that's all I can relate to is it, it was sort of a beachhead for, you know, the American Muslim experience, if you will. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> you know, no, good, good, and, good point. Good point. And, Excellent. And, and, you know, now that, that experience has been uh, not so much diluted, but but you know it's been diffused, if you will. <laughs> diffused, <laughs> yet in a congruent fashion. I want to see how many times we can say "if you will" in this episode. That's right. <laughs> if this were a different kind of podcast, I'd say take a shot every time um, somebody says "if you will." Sure. Right. Not that kind of show. Not that kind of show. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you know, it, uh, like again, I. I I don't have the the depth of experience with the convention, but certainly I attended a few times for sure. And and I think about how nowadays, thanks to you know YouTube and and et cetera et cetera et cetera, there's so many ways of connecting with these uh, personalities who we, we sort of thought of as larger than life, and yet you you know thanks to uh, the the different different ways that they have of reaching their audience it's it's not as pressing to be like oh we got to do our annual isna thing yeah that's a great point i didn't even mention yeah the online of yeah youtubes and, and so on so yeah for sure i think you're right i think the uh, the uh 
you're mentioning, uh, you know, operating analog in a digital world is very apt. And so, um, but I think that, the, the, see, the beauty of ISNA, though, is that, you know, at the end of the day, though, regardless of what the numbers that particular year may be, you're still talking about tens of thousands of Muslims in one place. And I think sure. that, you know, I know that probably scares the pants off a lot of, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, the, the NSA just perked up. Right? Yeah, exactly. But it is what it is. And so you can utilize that platform, I think, though, for, for, for some real, I don't know, you know, for, for, for something. But, but uh, maybe learning or, you know, actual intensive conversations around issues is not, that's not the platform for it. Um, I the, don't know. You know, the, the other thing I think about is how, and again, you know, maybe, maybe this is a, a perception thing, but, you know, uh, there's a sense that that uh, Isna represented sort of a monolithic point of view. Hmm. Um, in terms of what the what it meant to have an American Muslim identity, and again, I'm I'm going by my what I remember from the from the the nineties. You know. No, no, and, I, I think you're not. I think you're not uh, too far off from 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 target. Yeah. You know, and and the the notion of what it means to be an American Muslim has itself come to be so many different things. I mean, I mean, again, it, it is so diffused. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I I think, uh, I, and maybe you didn't imply all of these things, but but you know, Isna has never sort of worn it on it. You know, worn its origins on its sleeves, on its sleeve. Sorry, but uh, the fact remains that a lot of the early the, the sort of founding fathers, if you will, of that organization, which in fact was MSA, which which so the Muslim Student Association was sort of the genesis of it all, uh, and and that's where it all began. And then you know MSA evolved into ISNA, but uh, and then MINA comes later. But but the, but all three of those sort of organizations happening uh, operating in parallel, um, you know, without I don't want to name it necessarily, but at the same time, you know, they 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 did tend to come from a particular ideological frame um, from a certain part of the Muslim world and uh, you know I like I said I, I I think I think you are you are correct in that um, and uh, but to their credit I will say that although that was the case they did allow for people at least in terms of like the content providers i.e. the people who were speaking the panelists yeah. To not, you know, they they didn't have to necessarily, uh, you like know, total line exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, so because of that, you know, in the '90s, you see the emergence of, you know, what I call, you know, and I've said this before on this very show in terms of like who who was Isna primetime, sort of was an indicator of where the conversation was in the Muslim community. So in the in the late '90s, or really in the mid to late '90s, you begin to see the emergence of you know, uh, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf and Imam Zaid Shakir and, and Dr. Omar Farouk Abdullah and Dr. Sherman Jackson. I mean, again, I, I can keep naming names, but, 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 but you see a, a changing in the conversation, right? Now, uh, were you there? I can't remember. Were you there when, like, Sheikh Hamza had his first Oh, yeah, I was Isna. here. I, yeah, yeah, that, was, uh, that, would, that would be Isna 1993 in Chicago. Was that the first time you'd ever heard him? I, that was the first time I'd ever heard him. That's the first time I would argue most people outside of Santa, Santa Clara had ever heard him, um, or the Bay Area, because that was the first Isna he ever spoke at, um, 1993, and that was the Chicago Hyatt Regency. I, I won't forget it, because that was my first Isna. Uh, and I think I've said this story before. I mean, we went, and, and here is a beautiful like metaphor or like an, just an analogous to what we've been talking about. You know, again, we had highlighted that session, but we didn't highlight it because never heard of any Imam Hamza Yusuf. Uh, that's how sure. he was, t- uh, how he was uh, uh, built. Um, sure. But the, 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 who, who, what is it? Main billing. What, what do you, how do you say it? Like the main speaker, I T- guess. Right? Top, top build. Top build, right. On that panel was Dr. Jamal Badawi, right? Who, okay, sure. So Dr. Jamal Badawi, I mean, Hafidullah, God bless him, you know, and I still saw him. I bumped into him at Asna and it was wonderful seeing him, um, you know, and, uh, but yeah, so that was, it was Dr. Jamal Badawi and we were going for Dr. Jamal Badawi and here's this sort of like young, you know, uh, white convert guy from from the west coast and and, and hamza yusuf i mean you don't even know that he's a, uh an Amer- a convert well, yeah i mean you know, i that, that was name. yeah yeah you're right you're right but although 
I don't know. It was something about maybe he talked about it in his speech or something, but I, yeah, that, it was obvious that he was, um, you know. Like, but ju- just from, like, if you're just looking at a list. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Who's going to be talking, you know. For sure, for sure, yeah. Uh, and so I was like, wow, and just blown away uh, by Sheikh Hamza. And, of course, then the rest is history. But, uh, sure. you know, uh, yeah, very interesting uh, that you mentioned that as well. Because uh, and, and I think, like I said, that, that, that panel alone and my relationship to it and my going to it kind of tells you kind of kind of kind of tells you about the sort of old guard right and then and versus this sort of new sort of you know discourse that begins to emerge um and so yeah i mean hey we have isna to thank for that so you know um you know i, I guess at least like like you said in in its in its hey in its prime days of the 90s you know it certainly served that purpose of introducing new voices you know has i mean do you know has attendance oh Good point. Remained consistent. Good point. Good point. So actually, this year they were they were really disappointed. I'm, I'm told they were really disappointed with numbers, um, and and in fact, this has been sort of a yeah. For the last few years, they've seen a a, a steady decline in numbers, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that only goes to like I think what you were talking about, which is like now people can why you know live stream it now people can uh you know uh, catch it on youtube later like a week later if they if they put up uh you know particular lectures or whatever yeah. so people just opt for that i think honestly um it's i mean if if uh, you know i feel if just to, by way of comparison i mean on my other show me and brian hall we talk about the san diego comic-con mm-hmm and how, you know, people wait days and days to get into Hall H, which is the famed biggest hall in, in that convention center, just so that they can sit and be the very first to see, you know, whatever, the first trailer from uh, Batman vs. Superman, whatever, right? Right. And how, again, thanks to, like you said, YouTube and streaming, you knowing that within hours, if not minutes, you'll you'll have access to this stuff. So why do why do you want to, you know make the trek why do you want to spend days waiting why do you want to press the flesh with a bunch of people you know yeah, it's yeah it, it's you know if you're an anti-social person like me i i love being able to access this stuff immediately online that's right and then now like uh, and and correct me if i'm wrong but like uh you know for the last couple of years now or the last couple of comic cons at least um they literally drop it online like parallel to or right when that session ends live for, for many of the sessions yeah yeah and so yeah. it's not even a matter of like waiting a week right right it, so yeah they, they're almost taking away all all incentive other than i mean other than and, and again i appreciate it and, and 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 i think i i actually remember i listened to that particular episode where you and brian were reflecting on it of the movie film podcast where 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 um you know, uh, maybe we're just kind of aged out of that demographic who wants to wait in line and, and wants to do all that because there is a social element to it, right? And I think yeah. Brian acknowledged it on your show where, you know, I, I get the I get the lure of that. I get the lure of wanting to wait for a day or camp out and, and, and whatnot, right? So, uh, I mean, hey, it's like the iPhone 7 just dropped. I mean, you and I aren't, you know, here we are recording in the comfort of our home and not... Instead of waiting in line. That's for the... right. That's right. Instead of waiting in line. Uh, but like suckers, I won't get mine for, I don't know, probably another six months or something. But <laughs> so, anyway. Well, um, yeah. Well, now now you you were there uh, to speak on, on a couple panels. Oh, just one. Just one this oh, year. Just... Yeah, yeah. So that, uh, I mean, you know, I, I have spoken on, on, a, on, on a few panels in the past. And so that, 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 that sort of continued. I guess that tradition continued for, for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure better. Yeah. Well. I'm sure better for the people who listened. Says says that the person who wasn't sitting in the audience. No. That, well, that's that's true. <laughs> I, and I was I was in Chicago just a few weeks earlier. That's yeah. right. That's right. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, speaking of which, so so yeah. So just uh, I guess we, we we talked. We sort of ruminated on Isna a little bit. Um. Uh. We we we, we uh, don't say enough about ourselves and 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 what you know, what what's going on in our own lives. And I know I know that's one of the feedback that we continue to get is like. Why don't you guys interview each other? Okay, so <laughs> you know, okay, that's fine. I don't. I. 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 I'm not particularly that that interesting, but uh, you know, I think Zucky. I concur. In, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Zucky's is perhaps more interesting. I don't know uh, about that, but uh, but I mean, last week was Eve. I mean, uh, oh, do you have any reflections on that? Uh, uh, well, how was your Eve? <laughs> my my Eve was me uh, going to work. I know. Then, uh, I you know. know. That's right. that's the. 
you know, and, and I, I would say downside, but I mean, the truth is I'm, I'm happy to have work. You know, I, I teach, and as it happens, my semester for most of the schools I teach at basically started two weeks ago. So it's too early in the semester to be like, all right, I'm going to, you know, take a sick day or whatever. So, um, essentially I, I was, I, I had two classes in the morning, two classes in the afternoon. So I was able to meet family in between, but unfortunately I wasn't able to attend any other Eid related festivities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we met later that night, so it was, uh, it was good to at least see you at Eid. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you had the short reflection, so I wanted you to go first. Um, <laughs> There's my reflection. <laughs> <laughs> you were at work teaching. Yeah, uh, you know, the end. Yeah, that's right, doing doing the important work. Um, so meanwhile, um, uh, I, I, I did something unique, or not unique, I did something that I haven't done in, in a very, 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 very long time this Eid. Which is that, um, you know, unlike most people, I think uh, certainly in America, although, you know, I imagine other parts of the world is the same, where, you know, Eid al-Adha is where you do the animal sacrifice, right? It, it commemorates the sacrifice that Abraham was about to embark on uh, with regards to his son, you know, when God commanded him to sacrifice his son. And so celebrating that, you know, Muslims uh, on this particular Eid, on Eid al-Adha, um, you know, will make, uh, will typically sacrifice a goat or, or, or a lamb or what have you. So, um, and, y- you know, the, uh, the uh, um, normative practice is to, you know, keep a third of it to your, for yourself and your family and then distribute a third among your friends and family, uh, neighbors, so on, and then, you know, distribute a third to those who are, you know, like to, to, like to the misfortunate and, or to those who don't have enough, right? Miskeen. So, um, uh, nonetheless, uh, this year I decided to rather than do it online or have some charity, you know, do the sacrifice for me and, and distribute the meat and, in, in you know, in some designated country that you, of your choice, I decided to do the sacrifice myself. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, now living in the Bay area, I, we, we definitely do have the, uh, I guess the, the fortune of the fa- the fortune of, uh, many, many farms out in the Bay uh, actually offer this. Um, a lot of Muslim-owned farms, as well as actually a few or a couple that I've heard of, non-Muslim farms, who will actually allow this or, or actually open, you know, open, open, or make this available on the day of Eid. Um, obviously, it's a revenue generator, and they make a good amount of money doing it. But um, n- nonetheless, anyway, sorry, uh, I decided to do it. Um, now, mind you, for those listeners who may or may not know this, uh, I think we've kind of joked about it in the past. Uh, I'm like a recovering slash almost part, you know, like barely recovering vegan. Okay. I was vegan for, Zucky can attest to this, uh, because, you know, every time I used to go to Zucky's house for dinner, it was like this huge, like, okay, what do we feed this guy? Right. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was, uh, uh. Uh, cavalcade of annoyance. <laughs> cavalcade. That's <laughs> almost like the. Be- what is it? The, the 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 the. That's like a basket of deplorables. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the just one step below basket of deplorables is cavalcade of annoyance. <laughs> I love it. Hashtag. Because because essentially, yeah. if we invited Pervez to our house for dinner, what that meant for yeah. me was I was not getting biryani that night. <laughs> So, nope, no biryani. So, so, so yeah. So just on a Pavlovian level, I associate <laughs> Pervez with me not getting to eat what I like. I am so sorry. So, yeah. so, uh, but, uh, but, hey, your heart thanks you. I thank yeah. you, and your heart thanks you. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, moving on. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was, uh, yeah, a pretty, yeah, I was vegan for about a little over two years, and I mean hardcore vegan. Like I did not eat, you know, let alone you know meat of any kind. But I didn't eat seafood. I did not eat any, you know, animal derivatives. So like no milk, no eggs, no nothing, no no dairy. So that was me for two years. Um, and then, you know, more more recently, I've sort of incorporated uh, dairy, and I had incorporated seafood. But nonetheless, I mean, that's kind of, I'm just, I'm, I'm giving that as by way of back, uh, by way of some perspective or background. So here I am, I show up at this farm and there's this playpen and it's like, you've got all these Muslim families there and, you know, you've got kids as well. And, and, and they've got this, uh, they've got all the, uh, they've got the animals in a pen in this kind of, and it's a large pen. So it's not like horrid conditions or something, you know, this isn't, yeah, uh, animal, what's the, uh. Anyway, I'm drawing a blank, but anyway, the, yeah. So they, you know, they, they were kept in very good conditions and they free range and all that kind of good stuff. So then the guys like, okay, you know, you, you want to, you, you know, you're, you're the guy I talked to on the phone. Okay, we have one. You know, we've got a few couple animals for you to choose from. So it's like, okay, there you go, have your pick. So now I have to make the choice of which goat I am going to slaughter. 
Okay. Okay. So now it was literally at that moment I was going to you know pardon the expression like literally chicken out. I was like, okay, this is it. I, I there's you know I'm having this existential crisis right now. I have to choose which life I'm going to take, <laughs> and uh, as if you couldn't make this any harder for me. Um, so yeah, but unfortunately, uh, yeah, that, that 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 that's where I was. Um, now I didn't back out. I I, I wanted to go through with it. So I I, I, did, I did the, you know, I made the choice of uh, sacrificing the poor little poor little goat and um you know with the help of him with the guy who, whose farm it was and his assistants you know they they uh, you know we prepared the animal and we did and I, and I did the sacrifice you know uh, you recite god's name you glorify god and you sacrifice the animal so the you know the 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 actual event itself i guess was was whatever i mean it, you know i almost sort of wanted to close my eyes but uh it was relatively quick but just then the sort of processing of it afterwards, right? Um, just like, you know, realizing that, you know, one of the things that really did weigh on me was, um, and this isn't perhaps a lesson that is often reflected upon when it comes to Eid or, or, or Hajj, even the pilgrimage, which is, you know, the sort of the, this Eid comes at the culmination of the, of, of the Hajj or the annual or the pilgrimage, um, is that, is the, is the sort of, the the weightiness of taking a life right because at the end of the day whether it's an animal or, or you know or whatever it, it's a satient being and you are taking its life right you are sacrificing that life and so you know it, that really weighed on me man and it's i mean it, it continues to do so and and uh, i think that hmm. you know that became kind of the most sort of profound uh, you know i guess experience for me for from this Eid was just reflecting on that alone is just the just the profound or just the you know the weightiness of having to take a life and and what that means and and what a serious matter that is right um and 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 I say I, I said all that stuff in terms of introductory stuff in terms of me being a vegan and whatnot to give you some perspective but I think that you know it's I think it's only human to to experience that or at least I would hope that you know we we haven't become desensitized enough um where we don't see the weightiness of having to take a life, even if it's the life of an animal. Um, and, sure. and, and, and two more things that I wanted to quickly say related to that was, you know, I was talking with a group of, you know, there's some other people, obviously, as I mentioned, there was other families there, and I was talking to some of the other gentlemen, and they were there with their kids, and, you know, I was there alone. I, my kids, not only, not only did I not want to take them, they had no interest in going. Uh, uh, but, yeah, but, sure. but, but, but nonetheless... So I was talking to them. I said, "Oh, you decided to bring your kids out? Wow, you know." And and uh, one of the things I'd also noticed in the background was like, you know, as children do, you know, for them it was the spectacle of it, right? It was the it was the oh, look at the look at the blood and look at the gut, you know, whatever. As kids do, I'm not I'm not faulting the kids. And so I was talking to one of you know I was talking to the, to to a couple of the dads and 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 one of the one of the things that one of the gentlemen said was that you know oh I'm doing this so that you know so that he or she you know, his or her child becomes desensitized to this so that when they are, when they have to make, you know, when they have to make the animal sacrifice, they're able to do so. Um, and, and, you know, and one can argue, like, are, we can talk about the merits or, 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 or not of, of that approach. But to me, the word, what struck me was the word sort of desensitized and, 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 and hmm. what, you know, and, you know, and I got just, I, you know, I, I thought to myself, like, should we ever get to a point where we're ever, desensitized to the taking of a life even again if it's the if it's the if it's the life of a goat or a sheep or cattle or whatever maybe the case right or a chicken like i don't think we should ever become quote-unquote desensitized to that right right uh and then finally i'm sorry I, i'm kind of going on this like sort of um uh soliloquy here but the is also like living in in, in the sort of modern world that we live in that whole process from you know, Farmer Joe into our bellies, like, you know, or from Farmer Joe to our dinner plates. Right. Like that whole process is something that we, is out of sight, out of mind for us, right? When we go to the local butcher shop or local grocery store or whatever, and that's where you get your meat. Uh, and it comes nice prepackaged and, you know, and fat cut out, however you want it, right? However you want it. Well, there's a whole process behind that, right? And And I think that in the modern world where we don't have to, bother ourselves quote unquote with having to go out and either sacrifice our own animals in terms of what we're going to eat 
or go and at least you know what i mean like that whole pro that whole part of the of the of, of the of the human diet i guess as it were is now gone and so we don't appreciate um the, the, again that whole like the, again the depth of that process and i would submit to you quite frankly i mean just given modern sensibilities um that if more people went and had to sacrifice every animal that they ate uh you'd have more vegans <laughs> you'd have more vegetarians mm. i promise you <laughs> so yeah. i don't know that's those are some some thoughts sucky yeah or well, a lot I of mean, thoughts <laughs> I, you know i i i witnessed a uh, uh, slaughtering of a goat at uh, a very young age when i was visiting india and uh, you know that's the kind of stuff that stays with you yeah it's it's so. it's no it's funny you mention that because i mean uh, one of the things I, I, that i didn't mention almost sort of intentionally so because i wanted to kind of reflect on this as well was the last time I had not only observed this, but actually had, I, I had done it myself. Actually, was on a trip back home, just like you, just like you, back home to India. I was 12 years old, which, if if we go by lunar months, I want to say it was almost literally like 30 years to the date of Eid al-Adha. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm I'm now almost 42. So so like if you go back, like so because I know I know I remember distinctly I was 12 years old. And not only did I observe the animal sacrifice, in fact, I actually, again, as a 12-year-old boy, that, that whole, the, the spectacle of it, the, the oh, I want to do this kind of thing, attitude, I did it. But the way in which I had processed it, processed it as a 12-year-old was fundamentally different than the way I, I'm now processing it as a grown man, you yeah. know? And I, and I was, but to me, I was like, you know, well, thank God for that. I mean, thank God I'm, re you know, reflecting on this differently than I would have as a 12-year-old kid. And I think I would have been more concerned had I not been, you know, sort of processing it differently, right? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like there's no maturation there. There's no progress. There's no, like, you know what I mean? Nothing's really changed. So, so yeah, I, I, I processed it very differently as a 42-year-old man than a, four, you know, than a, than a 12-year-old boy. Um, so it's interesting that you, you talked about that because you kind of reminded me about that point as well. Wow. Well, any 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 last observations about that? Just in no, general. No, no. I think I think that that, that, that about. I'd, I'd love to hear people's thoughts. I mean, if you have any, uh, you know, if you have experiences of your own, please do write us. Uh, you know, send an email. Uh, so we'd love to hear from you as well, uh, or or just any Eid reflections, perhaps any Eid al-Adha reflections. Well, after hearing what you have to say, uh, all I know is when I grow up, I'm going to Bovine University. <laughs> There's Bovine. a reference that that's I, right. If, if, I know Pervez got it. That's but right. If if uh, if you're listening and you got it, then you can pat yourself on. You that. you didn't say it in the voice like I'm going to Bovine <laughs> University, right? Exactly. There you go. <laughs> I was waiting for you. I left the opening for you. <laughs> I can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, obviously, there's been a lot of stuff going on in the world. I mean, the, you know, we're we're in the midst of an election season and plenty of plenty of stuff related to that i mean this this election seems to be the fulcrum around which a whole mess of current events are swirling i mean what are you what are your thoughts about uh gosh i mean just just everything i mean i mean just since the time uh we dropped our last show we've seen what feels like a sudden marked increase in in islamophobic violence and rhetoric uh we've seen donald trump go after the parents of a Muslim soldier who passed away, right? Gold star family, a family, a go, gold yeah. star family, and and you know it it seems like the bar for what is considered unacceptable keeps moving up, 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 and and at some point there will be no bar anymore. Well, I you know to that point about the bar, um, you know I, I know you posted an article um, not too long ago in terms of just what this what the Trump campaign has sort of represented in terms of the our, our political landscape you know and there's just almost this sort of numbing effect right i mean you know we've almost become and and and, and i think the in the words of the author or the person or the, or the the person who wrote the piece you know that's the scary part is that is that you know you you're you're constantly responding to something ridiculous coming from the trump campaign to a point where you know it's reached such a feverish you know or it's been at such a it's it's, it's at such a level where you do become desensitized, and you do become numb to what the, the the like the craziness coming from the Trump campaign. Yeah, I think in any given any, and I think this has been said time and time again. Almost every time there is a quote, like or or the whole re reshaping of what a gaff means, right? I mean, there's no right. gaff anymore, right? I mean, it's just Trump, right? <laughs> there's no gaff. 
Hmm. Uh, or we talked about the Teflon presidency of Ronald Reagan. I mean, well, we're beyond the Teflon candidate here. I mean, this is a right. candidate that in any other given election cycle, any any you take any one comment that Trump has made in the last you know year and a half or so, and that would have been enough to end his political campaign, right? Right. But here we have here we are uh, at the at two months away from the election. Hmm. Um, it's funny, you know. You, you mentioned the whole uh, the episode with with uh, Khidr Khan and Khidr Khan and and and, and Ghazala and and Humayun and and him going after that family after they spoke at the DNC. Um, you know, about their Muslim fallen soldier or their son. Um, you know, I remember the days that followed that and Trump was almost literally on a daily basis punching himself in the face, like just saying the most outlandish and ridiculous things. Um, and it was sort of one of those things, you know, and this is probably, this is definitely a separate conversation, but it's almost one of those sort of uh, sacred things in American politics that you don't do, which is, you know, there's many sacred cows in American politics, but one of them is, you know, you don't besmirch the military. You don't, you don't talk about a fallen soldier. You don't, you don't, you don't, you know, uh, besmirch that family. And so he did the, he did, he committed the greatest sort of political sin one could almost commit. And so, you know, his numbers began reflecting that. And I, you know, there was a big boost in Hillary's ratings after that. But the way in which over the last few weeks, uh, I don't know how many weeks ago that was, Zeki, but just whatever, a month, let's say even it's been, if it's been six weeks. Yeah. Um, since then, now we're back to almost a neck-to-neck race. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. You're, you're more of an observer of these things. So I don't – like, what does that – like, what, what does that say of the American polity? I mean, I – Well, I mean, it's – you know, I mean, we knew that the race was going to tighten up. I, I, I think there, there tends to be a reflex. Given that we, you and I both, and I'm assuming we speak for a big chunk of our audience, are not, you know, ecstatic about the possibility of a Trump presidency. I think there right. tends to be sort of a reflexive rending of garments over how tight it is. Uh, I think there was always going to be a tightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially as undecided start, started sort of coming off the fence. Um, I, I think that fundamentally, if we're talking about the, the, the lay of the land when it comes to this election, I mean, I think this is, you know, n- not a revolutionary statement. Both candidates are sort of historically unpopular. But what we're, what we're looking at is it's like to what degree are they unpopular, right? Like... Yeah. I I think that it, it, the 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 equivalent here is like one candidate is is you know a gash on your wrist and one candidate is cutting your hand off. Right. Right. And and it's like well ideally I would prefer neither but if those are my only two options then yes I'll take the gash on my wrist and in this particular bad metaphor i mean <laughs> donald trump is clearly the yeah. the worst of those options Correct. and and um i think it's just a matter of the polity recognizing that when you look at the demographics at play in this country yeah uh they don't favor a a white nationalist candidate i mean they just don't right right which is to me which then then why is the race as close as it is well be, because unfortunately the way our political coverage goes it's it's not you know it's it's the day-to-day horse race mm-hmm. and right. so at the at the end of the day it's always a question of well who won the day right right so and you, so we just got off of like last weekend where you which was like a horrible weekend for the hillary campaign because it, it had, wasn't great right. for hillary clinton and she spent three days off the campaign trail right and so those three days, I mean, when you're this close to the election, three days off the trail yeah. are three days that you're not out there shaping the narrative and it is being shaped on your behalf. Now, not helping matters is when you have Donald Trump appearing on, on entertainment shows like like uh, uh, the Jimmy Fallon show there. And, oh, you know, bad. Jimmy I, I, Fallon is like tussling his tussling hair. Tussling his hair, yeah. You know, and, and to me, it's it's <sighs> like... Now, obviously, we don't expect sort of piercing, co- cogent uh, political commentary from any entertainer, much less Jimmy Fallon. Heck, we didn't even get that at the at the, at the Commander in Chief uh, forum with with Matt Lauer, dude, a so-called journalist. So, well, let, let, it's emphasis on so-called, <laughs> right, right? Right. I mean, never mind a, a Jimmy Fallon. 
Yeah, and and this is the thing. I mean, you know, uh, I don't want to put the onus on Jimmy Fallon here, but I mean, I think I'm kind of like, well, what were we expecting? And not because, oh, Jimmy Fallon sucks. But I mean, this is the culture that we've sort of created where, you know, I was reading this article by Matt Taibbi. Oh yeah, where where he was criticizing he was criticizing the criticism of the lack of balance. Interesting. Okay. And his point was, look at, I mean, th- this is where we're at now because this is what people want mm. in terms of coverage, right? I mean, th- this is sort of it's inevitable that we've reached this point in our cultural evolution. And so maybe Donald Trump, maybe President Donald Trump is the inevitable result of the trajectory we've been on sociologically for for decades. So true. So true. You like know, uh, we, you know, uh, yeah, the, the, the whole the idea of, of, of a reality star, like reality television. And, and, and what, I mean, how far removed is that from the movie star president? It, right. Right. True. 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 You know? True. Yeah, it it, it reminds. I mean, there's yeah, so many pop cultural references that come to mind. I mean, there's the not so great movie, but but nonetheless, you know, Idiocracy, right? Um, Yeah. You know, Matt Matt Judge movie. Mike Judge. Mike Judge, sorry. Uh, Or I I think back to one of our personal favorites, Back to the Future, where you know he he says that Ronald Reagan is president, and then I think the 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 professor, or I'm sorry, the, 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 the doc is like. Who's vice or who's first lady? Like you know, and he just goes through like these other actors. Yeah, who, he, who's vice president? Jerry Lewis. There you go. There you go. Because yeah. he just can't fathom this fifty. Because again, at that time, we're talking about nineteen fifties. Um, you know, iconic movie star becoming a president. Right. So, uh, wow. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And Matt Taibbi is one of I know both of our yeah, uh, someone we both enjoy reading a lot. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, the the. The really like I've I've encountered this in my classes, especially, you know, because I I love teaching during presidential elections. This is now the third presidential election during which I've I'm I'm teaching. And I always enjoy, you know, the conversations that ensue. And I always encourage my students to be paying attention to the news coverage, et cetera. Great. And, you know, it's been actually it's presented a real challenge dealing with diehard Trump supporters. And you, and you have them in your classroom. I absolutely do. And, you know, of course, all their points of view are welcome. But, you know, to like you when when you're engaged in a discussion and it's a class discussion and you have people saying demonstrable untruths. Right. And you want to, you need to correct the record because it's important for the discussion. And yet you don't want it to be perceived as a partisan thing. I feel to some extent what it must be like for many of these journalists. Mm because because yes both candidates have had a propensity for for untruths but the the proportion right is so astronomical the sheer volume it, it, right i mean it it beats you down <laughs> that's right by the volume well it were again like i said you're you're almost yeah, n- n- i mean you're not only numb to the lies but um you know we we've we've entered that part of our culture now where not just science but even truth, right? Everything is a matter of opinion. And this is why, you know, our, our 24-hour news coverage, you know, in most cases is, okay, this is who we have from the right. This is who we have from the left. Now you guys talk it out. And, you know, and there's no, there's no real refereeing. There's no checking of, there's no truth checking. There's no fact checking that goes on. You know, basically journalism has been resorted to let's present two opinions, two points of views, because everything has two perspectives. Even something that is, like you said, demonstrably false, uh, demonstrably uh, that you know th- that is not dispositive of the facts, but nonetheless, you know, we're gonna put it out there because that's a yeah. different perspective. I mean, I mean, it's you reach a point where you're like, well, what is the baseline here, right? right? Because if we can't, because it's kind of like this is my argument, this is your argument. Now right. present present your data, and and if we reach a point where you're like, well your data is wrong because I don't want it to be true. I mean, this is this is Stephen Colbert's truthiness sort of brought to life, right? It is. Uh, but, I mean, what he said sarcastically uh, 12 years ago or however many years ago that was is now in full flower as as the, this is in practice now. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a scary place to be because we're losing the baseline by which 
progress occurs, right? And and progress is I might not get everything I want, um, and you might not get everything you want, but let's let's figure this out and see what we can both agree on and mm-hmm. move forward. And, you know, that's that's the nature that's the nature of compromise. And you know, this is something I talk about in my classes where I'm like the word argument. You know, when we think of argument, we now think of um, you know, two people screaming at each other. <laughs> we think of hardball, right? Right. And, or or you know. Um, crossfire that's not what argument is right the 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 platonic definition uh, the aristotelian def- definition of, of argument is is discussion mm-hmm. and w- we've lost that we've turned arguments into arguments <laughs> right, right and and this so so when we look at that and it's it's this slow drip 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 you know just today donald trump gives this press conference where he says well um, uh, I'm admitting that Barack Obama was born in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. But I admitted it in 2011. I ended the birther controversy. It's like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. He's like, and, and really Hillary Clinton is the one who started. It's like, no, she didn't. You know? And, and it's like, you, you just said two things in a row that are both false. That's right. And no one is saying boo about it. Now, actually, to be fair, CNN immediately was like, well, both of those things are untrue, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter what CNN says because well, they're just the you know, the left wing. They're yeah. the yeah you know they're the bad guys. They say the facts that I disagree with, <laughs> so they're the ba- the bad guys. You know, and and as I said, I mean just t- tying this back to I've encountered this in in my classes and it presents a a real uh, um, pedagogical challenge. Wow. Yeah. You know, and it's something that I'm dealing with that I've never had to deal with before. Interesting, man. Um, yeah. yeah, this is, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the, this presidential campaign, this whole cycle has been, to me, it's been more, uh, it, it's more of an indication of where we are as a society than, you know, what two, two parties within our, Ameri- within our American political uh, establishment have, have come up with as candidates. It, it really shows you know, where we are in terms of a cultural divide, ideological, intellectual divide, you know, um, you know, in this country. And it's, um, and, and I well, mean, it's, it's, it's the, the, the potential for, for how things could go, make it feel existential in a way that previous elections haven't. Mm, mm, good. Um, well, I put, mean, yeah. you know, I mean, granted, and I mean, I think back on this and I'm like, you know, I, I put uh, a portion of the blame for where we're at on John McCain, thanks to his opening the Pandora's box that uh, he opened the Pandora's box and there was Sarah Palin in there waving back at him. <laughs> no, winking back at him. Winking back at him saying, <laughs> you betcha. Right? Because because you can draw a straight line from yes. Palinism to Trumpism. True. Um, but I mean, you know, it, the the notion of a John McCain presidency did not chill you to your bones the notion of a Mitt Romney presidency did not leave you you know uh, reaching for Zoloft I mean this is this is something where the mind boggles because you're just like what what happens next exactly because at yeah because however you disagree with McCain and uh Romney but at the end of the day they were sort of established uh, civic, uh, civic, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, civic leaders, you know. Yeah, and and I mean, they had a concept of of government's role. Correct. As as a as a you know a concept and understanding of how government functions, of how the world operates, and right. America's place in the world, and right. and 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 now you know you you have a candidate who who says, why can't we use nuclear weapons? Yeah, right. Without a hint of irony. Yeah, so that's that's obviously troublesome on, on a whole host of levels. Right, right. right. But uh, as as on that pleasant note. So wait, we, wait before we leave. In yeah. case we never talk about the election again between now and November, which is doubtful, but let's we just will. say, um, any predictions? Like, would you be willing to stake, you know, this recording I, as? I, well, yeah, I guess we'll find out. But um, as of now. I I th- I think that Hillary Clinton will be the president, but it'll but it, it, like we're talking down to the wire. Well, what you really want to be looking at is the swing states. I mean, that's that what I'm just, saying. I, and just, you know, um, another great channel which I'm sure you watch as well is the Young Turks with uh, 
with Jenk. Um, and and uh, I, I, you know, I, he did an episode or he did a little segment a few weeks or maybe it was like a week ago where he goes and, t and looks at all the sort of so-called purple states, the battleground states. And, um, yeah, I mean, he, he, he brings it down. He, he, I think it came down to like 272 to 266, like in terms of the Electoral College, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that, and that, I guess that's what I meant by down to the wire. I mean, we're talking, you know, it takes 270 I mean, to win. W w when you look at the map, yeah. Hillary Clinton has more paths to victory. Okay. So, in other words, this isn't a situation where, uh, you know, as goes Ohio, so goes the election. I don't True. think that's the case. However, the path to victory that Trump has, he has. Mm -hmm. You know, so there, in other words, a path does exist for him. And so, you know. That, that alone is a scare. I mean, at least yeah, in my opinion, is a scare. You know, so is it, is it likely? <coughs> no. But improbable does not equal impossible. Right. Right. So, yeah. you know, but if if I were to guess based on right now, barring an October surprise that we can't predict, I think m most likely Hillary Clinton will win. Do you think that the debates that are, I think, going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks, you think that's going to make a difference? You know, that's a good question. I mean, I think there's a little bit of bar setting being done by both sides, obviously. You have Trump's people who are like, yeah, he's not preparing and he's not doing And I'm like, there, it's like one step removed from he's just a drooling moron. And, <laughs> you know, you know, and, and I feel like they're doing that deliberately just so that when he gets up there and he doesn't piss himself, they'll be like, oh, hey, he won. You know, that's that's like what happens in in in. In in media in talking head you know the 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 spin the post debate spin and and also kind of an extension of that point you know and I remember this was certainly the case when he was trailing in the polls uh, by a margin and I'm talking about the weeks after the DNC you know he was already sort of setting the stage at least in terms of like it was like that dog whistle idea right where yeah. at least to his followers where hey if I don't win the election it was probably rigged. Right. And now it's like, well, if I don't do well in the debates, then the moderator was in it. Yeah, ha his his latest was gunning for is, me. Is oh, don't have moderators at all. Yeah, don't have mod. Yeah, just let's, let's just have a complete. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> complete anarchy, and and that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's a clown car. We will be following it, and I I I imagine that we will periodically, you know, do like a election catch-up kind of conversation we on should show. We, i think we should yeah definitely. yeah i mean why not you know right right definitely but um, um as as we sort of wind up this conversation yeah. i was wondering if you could share some of the listener letters that we've gotten uh, since the last time we recorded yeah absolutely I, I know we've gotten a couple of reviews on itunes which i think you have pulled up zeki i don't i i do have them pulled up so please uh, yeah and, and right, thank so you I, I, just ahead of time thank you so much for those who Continue to re leave us feedback um, through the various channels and means you can, uh, and uh, and please continue to do so. We love hearing from you. Yeah, ditto. Uh, so this is uh, from Hannah Alkadi, and uh, she wrote, I listen to a lot of religious podcasts, and while they're beneficial, there's a disconnect present in some of them. I love how Zaki and Pervez talk about the here and the now the struggles and the joys of being an American Muslim. Their dialogue is thoughtful and heartwarming. I enjoy every minute. Hey, this is the first time I've ever been called heartwarming. <laughs> I'm usually called heartbreaking. <laughs> and you're married for how many years now? Uh, th 13 years, yeah. <laughs> mostly heartbreaking. More yeah, mostly so. heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, thank you Hannah, for, uh, for uh, at least, uh, you know, for the not only for the wonderful review, but for making Zucky feel good. So. I'm I'm heartwarming. Uh, yeah, that's right. So right. I, it warms Zucky's heart to hear that. Yes, it it really does. Uh -huh. um, all right, and this is uh, by Design Monster, who says very addictive. Uh, uh, every episode just gets better and better, but the last with Imam Tahir and Rehan was just fantabulous, and might even break the internet. <laughs> I feel like I wrote this review. Maybe I did. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, it equipped us with all the right tools for Ramadan, both spiritually and physically. You could have named the episode something like Super Imam versus Batman. And then Winky Smiley. Winky Smiley. Really, that's the, uh, that's the, the cherry on top of a, yeah. Well, well, thank you. Uh, digital, digital, whatever. I, I forgot. Design monster. Sorry. Design monster. Get it straight. Yeah. Sorry. 
Thank you, yeah. Design Monster. Thank for that you for awesome that. review. We really that really that, that was it. that was heartwarming. One might say. Yeah, there you go. Um, so we had a listener reach out uh, to me, uh, and and this is what uh, Tanvir Kalimullah had to say. Said, uh, just wanted to thank you, thank you all. He's from Texas, so we'll excuse him, the y'all. Uh, thank you all for DC, for diffuse congruence for the diffuse congruence podcast. Finally started listening to it uh, this past summer on a road trip. Needless to say, the interviews have been amazing. I targeted the religious personas from the get-go, and now am venturing into the non-religious, learned people ones. The couple that I've heard that have that I've taken in have also been very beneficial. I just wanted to share this now before I forgot. This is a great chronicling of these great life stories and experiences. Please pass my sentiments on to Zeki. I just wow. did. Yeah. Hey, but am I heartwarming? <laughs> that's that's the bar that I expect now. To be, <laughs> to be met with every compliment. That's right. You set your own. Bar. I want to be compared to uh, a Lifetime movie, basically. <laughs> Not a Lifetime movie, actually. What are the ones where it's like? Um, li- Lifetime ones are Hallmark, like Hallmark. He, he had six wives, and you know Hallmark movies. Hallmark movies. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Not Lifetime. Right. Now, don't compare me to a Lifetime movie. That's wrong kind. Wrong kind. That's right. Uh, I've it, I've lost days of my life just watching Lifetime movies. Days of my life. Was that a, was that a no? I've lost like literally days of my life. I've I've just fallen into a pit of time. You, Once you start watching, wait, you can't stop. Oh, is that okay? I was gonna say. I, I thought it was you walking into say your wife watching it and just kind of got. No, stuck no, on it'll the be couch. me. Like I remember one time I was like this. Is, see, we don't have cable anymore, by the way. And I think this is actually the real reason we don't have cable. Is like my wife was in the kitchen. And I was like channel surfing through like the channel guide, and it was like Lifetime, and it was like. Uh, uh, the, some movie was on. It was like the wife he met online, and I'm like, look at this stupid wife he met online. He's dumb. And then like two hours later, I'm like, what's gonna happen to the wife he met online? <laughs> she was bad. It turned out <laughs> she was right. Right. Yeah. Fatal attraction meets the it, hands hand that rocks the cradle. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly right, right. Me- meets a meets a, a dial up modem. <laughs> wow. <laughs> meets a dial- did you say, first I thought you said meets dial M for murder, like the Hitchcock no, no, no. classic. No, you said <laughs> meets a dial up modem. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Although we need like somebody should make that movie, right? Dial M for modem. <laughs> right? It would be come on. Totally. Totally. Right. See yeah. now that I've said it, someone's gonna steal that idea. There you go, man. You, you and, and and you know, I'm as a listener gold. of the I'm movie film podcast, you and Brian are always dropping great ideas for the studios, man. Dial M for modem. <laughs> I want that to happen. I'm gonna make that happen. I'm gonna start a production company start cracking. just to make that and sell it to Lifetime, and then I will retire. Maybe we can help a, like a, one of our past guests, like uh, Kamran Pasha or something. Hey, man, write write that screenplay. I know. Dial M for modem. I'm going to sell it to Lifetime. I'm going to cash the $500 that they pay me for it, probably. <laughs> Their budgets are not great. <laughs> and then I will retire. Not to the Bay Area, because that won't get me anywhere. No, it won't get you very far. Um, but speaking of retiring, it's 11 o'clock at night, which yes. means it's time for us to retire. That's right. Vez, and wrap up this special conversation episode of the show. Now, people, I've gotten this from, from several people who say, we like hearing you guys talk to each other, which is which is uh, infuriating to me, actually, because I hate talking to you. <laughs> so this past hour has been pretty much the most friggin' painful Excruciating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. agony. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's of course not true. Any any chance I have to talk to you, I enjoy it. So uh, I'm glad people enjoy hearing us. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm always surprised by that feedback, but I appreciate it, or we appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it gives me and Zeki an opportunity to to have these kind of conversations because we don't often do. Because when we meet, when we when we do meet socially, you know, we've got like I don't know uh, five other people we have to try to entertain, and that's true. Uh, and then like. 15 kids uh ha- you know hanging off of us so yeah yeah <laughs> right 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 so or running around in the background so it's yeah. that's it's a good life yeah there you go but right. uh with that that's uh this episode of diffuse congruence we will be back uh in a few weeks with a guest that we can't announce yet but it'll be a, it'll be a fun one yes and uh, we've got several more lined up again uh, we are planning to be a lot more free with with dropping these, especially just yeah. so that we can comment on the election and, and various stuff going on. So uh, th- this new season of, of Diffuse Congruence is off and running, but be here next time, and the fun continues. That's if right. you wanna if you wanna contact us, 
you can email us at diffusecongruence at gmail.com. You can also hit like on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash diffusecongruence. If you want to reach out to Pervez himself, he is, where are you? Where, where are you? Well, I'm on I'm on Facebook, but you can also I'm on Twitter at the new Madhub M A D D uh, I'm sorry M A D H H A B. Um, so you, you got to change your your Twitter handle. You got to show me how to do that, and, and I'd be more than happy <laughs> to. There's a long story behind that, but yeah, I'd love to. I don't. I, mine isn't like Pervez's corner, uh, but maybe I can get that. Yeah. <laughs> Which yours is not Pervez's corner, but you, people can tweet you at. At Zachy's Corner, Z-A-K-I-S Corner. That's also my Instagram handle. That's also my website, just at com. You can also see my reviews uh, and various podcast postings at the Huffington Post. And You know, now you have an Instagram account. I, like, I, I'm seeing this as like a slippery slope. Like next episode, you're going to be like, well, and you can hit me on Binder or whatever it is, or Grindr. <laughs> so uh, you will never find me on Grindr, just to be very clear. Tinder, sorry, that was the other or, guy. Or, or Tinder, <laughs> <laughs> or, or either one, right? I love that you started with Grinder. I had to. I had to. Yeah. I mean, come on. So I mean, you know, again, you you start. It's, it's it's we live in a culture of Trump where you know it's it's amped up to eleven. So that's true. So I had to start with Grinder. Well, and and uh, we'll, we'll let you ponder the implications of where this conversation left off. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>